So what do you think? You need help? I think if you think you don't need Let's help, maybe you <laughs> might be in denial. And I'm not talking about the river in the Middle East, actually. Yeah, I had the, the Nile and the Amazon confused there for a moment in my head. It's like, wait a minute, is the Nile really in the Middle East? So picture yourself in a restaurant. You go in, it's busy. You go in, you sit down, and you wait, and you wait, and you wait, and 10 minutes has gone by, and 15 minutes has gone by, and you don't even have water yet. Um, maybe, maybe uh, a server has stopped by and said, I'll be with you in a minute. Uh, have you ever had that experience and got up and left? Now, I don't, you need, don't, don't need to raise your hands or anything, but have you ever got up and left from a restaurant where you weren't being served very well? Have you ever been frustrated at the end of a meal at a restaurant and not left a tip for the server because you were so frustrated with how long it took you to eat there? Uh, have you ever been waiting at, uh, let's say, Concourse A35 uh, and, um, you know, your, your plane is there, you see it sitting there, um, and then there's this notification that uh, there's going to be a delay because there's something wrong with your airplane and they have to find you another one. Has that ever happened to you before? Happened to me a couple weeks ago, actually. Um, it was kind of fun. Uh, well, I mean, not really. Uh, it was at the end of the trip, so we were in California, 70 degrees, looking to come home to 10 degrees, and that wasn't so exciting, so the delay there was a little bit uh, okay, but um, I thought, so they just have a spare plane, you know, parked back over there, and they're just going to, how is this going to work? And 35 minutes later, they finally back that one out of the way, and um, it's kind of fun, one of the ground guys was up there in the cockpit he opens the window and they're talking back and forth from the plane and I wondered what's wrong with the plane you know because much better they find out what's wrong with it while you're sitting on while it's sitting on the ground without people in it then it was a it was a light there was a light that was out and uh, it was a night flight it was required for safety and so um, we finally got onto the plane and and uh, finally took off and they made up time as uh, they say um, but has that ever happened to you? Have you ever gotten frustrated? Have you ever seen people lose their ever-living minds talking to a gate agent or lashing out at a gate agent? Uh, we were on a cruise ship one time when one of the thrusters on the two-thruster ship quit, uh, and we were like eight hours late getting into port, and you would have thought the world was coming to an end by the way people were acting. It was un real to me how people were losing their ever-living minds in front of all of the rest of us, right? Has that ever happened to you? Um, have you ever been frustrated with one of your children because you've been trying to teach them something, trying to teach them something, and they just keep dropping that responsibility or whatever it is, and, and you get frustrated and impatient with them? Um, what about your health, back issues, or, or um, you have a hernia and uh, they can't get you in, or you had it repaired and you're supposed to wait for, wait, how long can I not lift 10 pounds? Are you kidding me? Or, or you know, you have 
something else happen, and it's weeks or even months before you can return to your regular job. You ever get impatient in that situation? In relationships, conflict, um, the, the desire to have a deeper relationship with someone, maybe even someone you haven't met yet, right? Um, do, we, do we get impatient in times like that? It seems like, as human beings, we are naturally impatient, doesn't it? Impatience comes easily to us. We don't have to work hard at it. It just shows up on our doorstep. Uh, and impatience is, is usually, not always, but can usually be our first response to a situation where we have to wait. You know, I mean, you, you've heard it's my money and I want it now, right? Right? You've seen that commercial. We live in an instant culture. Um, I, I remember uh, talking about patience years ago, and back then it was like microwaves and instant oatmeal. Now, now it's instant everything, isn't it? Uh, you can... You can order things on, there's online banking, there's next day delivery, there's instant messaging. You know, where you actually send somebody a message and you expect them to respond within a minute or two. Right? You send them a message and then you sit there looking at your phone going, okay. Oh, they read it. Oh, first it's been delivered. Oh, now they read it. We expect that of other people, and sometimes they expect that of us as well. There are instant loans, right? Instant credit applications. I mean, everything can happen so fast. And what this does is it conditions us to this immediacy. And, and then as we engage in the rat race of life, which it can be sometimes, it seems, we're running from one thing to the next, from one thing to the next. The, the hecticness of that life is always compounded by a lack of patience. Our level of anxiety increases. Our blood pressure goes up. We possibly even get shortness of breath. And we start worrying and we get anxious. But I want to propose to you this morning that it doesn't have to be that way. We do not have to live our lives in that way, with this, this frenetic hecticness. You see, patience is an attitude that goes a long ways in living our everyday lives, uh, even in the midst of a hectic pace for a period of time. In fact, life isn't near as hectic or full of stress if we are operating from an attitude of patience. So where does patience come from? Right? Um, have you ever prayed for patience? You have to be careful when you pray for patience. Because patience isn't one of those things that God just hands you in an envelope and says, here, here's the patience that you act, asked for. Patience is one of those things, right? You know where I'm going. That comes from being put in situations where we are encouraged to be patient. You don't, you're just not automatically patient. Our default is impatience. We, it, it's, it's like training yourself to shoot free throws properly. You learn how to do it properly, and then it's repetition over and over and over and over and over again. God teaching us patience 
occurs in the same way, actually. Um, and our patience that we can have in our life actually comes from God. Uh, so, you were created in the image of God, right? Uh, scripture tells us that we were created in the image of God. And so, this patience coming from God isn't just a Sunday school answer. You know, it's not one of those cases, well, I know it's Jesus or a gray squirrel, but I'm not sure which one applies in this, at this answer, right? Um, God himself is incredibly patient. Um, and he doesn't just act with patience. He, he just, he is. It's, it's, it's an incredible part of his, his character. So your ability and my ability to be patient actually comes from God in the first place. Okay, he is undeniably patient. So let's first look this morning at God's patience. If you're taking notes, that's the first, the, the first point. Number one, God's patience. And God doesn't just model patience for us like a, a lioness would model for her cubs. This is how you hunt, right? Just watch me do this, and, and then I'm going to have you do that. It's, it's not like a, a cat would maybe teach her kittens how to find mice or where to find the mice. It's not God just being the example of this. God is it. He operates from it, and, um, and he operates with patience with humanity as a whole. With all of, the, all of the human race, God operates with, with patience. Um, if we were to, to do a study through the Old Testament, we would see God's patience on a daily, yearly, on a century basis, right? From Israel's perspective, at times, it's like, God, you, you must not care about us. Where are you? You haven't shown up. You haven't spoken to us. You haven't said anything. Where are you? To Israel, it looked like God was maybe disinterested in them and where they were and what their plight was. But that wasn't it at all. God sees the whole picture. He knows where he's going, where he wants you and I to go. And he sets us up for those things. You know, as we look back on how Israel went through the process that they did till when Jesus came, God was very intentional. And, and his timing was always just right. He was never late. He was never early. But he was always on time. And I don't know how many times in my own life I think, God, man, you're just, you were just late. I really wanted this or, or feel like I needed this much earlier than, than when the answer came. But I have to continually remind myself that God is never early. He's never on time. He was, uh, he's never late. He's always on time. God is patient with humanity. Jesus promised to return, right? How long did they have to wait? Did this planet have to wait for Jesus re to, to return? Right? Thousands of years. Because God knew the right time for him to come, and that's when he came. Now, we are waiting, right, for Jesus to return. Wouldn't it be great if it was today? I mean, <clears throat> honestly, you know, of course, some of you younger kids, and I used to think this way too, well, God, I don't really want you to come today because there's some things that I want to experience in life. There's some things that I want to do, but, 
if we really, really thought about it, I mean, if he came today and we were in paradise with him today as Christ followers, that would be amazing. But here we are, still here, still journeying through life, still struggling with things, still putting up with family members, some of them, still, you know, still living life next to the neighbors who we do or don't get along with. So Jesus hasn't returned. Can't, I mean, can't he just hurry up? But we need to trust that he's going to come when it's best for him to come. Um, maybe, maybe we want him, maybe we think that Jesus is waiting around because he, he intends to punish us longer on this earth. You know, maybe there's some things he wants to, you know, maybe, maybe God wants to knock us around a little bit before he comes back to save us. I mean, we can, we can think that way sometimes. It's not, it's not what's happening, okay? But sometimes we can think that. Um, maybe God intends to make us suffer longer. No, see, here's the thing. Um, us still being here actually is a result of God's patience, not his judgment. Uh, look up here at 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Because God is incredibly patient with humanity. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So God, so Jesus not returning has nothing to do with struggle or punishment or any of that, but has everything to do with God not wanting us to perish. It's for humanity's good that he hasn't returned yet. It's a good thing that he is patient with humanity, isn't it? I mean, I, I am very thankful that he's patient with me. Uh, because of God's great patience. Because he could have, you know, even... Before I came to Christ, he could have said, nah, it's over. And then what about me? Uh, I have had the opportunity to repent and surrender because God has been patient. You have a neighbor, maybe, who does not know Christ yet. And because of God's patience, still has an opportunity to experience forgiveness and the grace of God. Because of his great patience, we continue to have the opportunity to repent. God is also patient with, uh, with us as individuals. So there's this patience with humanity as a whole, and then there's this patience with you specifically, with me specifically. Paul says it this way to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. This is Paul speaking. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. So here we have the missionary of all missionaries, 
And some in that day and age would say the worst human being on the planet in that time, talking about how his salvation, his forgiveness in Christ came because of this great patience. And after it came, he was able to tell others about this incredible patience that God had with me, and God has that same patience with you. I mean, if you don't know anything about Paul, when Paul's name was Saul, not to be confused with King Saul, but Saul, one of Jesus' contemporaries, he was, he was killing Christians. He was zealously going after them. It was his goal to eradicate this, this new way, as they called it at times, of faith in Jesus Christ. He was, he was giving orders to kill Christians. He was putting them in prison. He gave strong approval to the stoning of Stephen. Uh, Stephen, one of the Christ followers in the early uh, chapters of the book of Acts, in Acts 7, Stephen is brought before the Sanhedrin and he's been charged with essentially heresy. They end up stoning him to death. And then in the next chapter, Acts chapter 8, Saul, who later is called Paul, approved of their killing him, it says. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him, but Saul began to destroy the church. From house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Now, if we were living in that time, we would think, smite that man, right? Come on, God, take care of him. Get him out of here. Save your people whom you love. But in the end, God didn't strike him dead. Instead, in his patience and mercy, Paul surrenders his life to Jesus Christ. Jesus changed Paul's life. And if Jesus can change Paul's life, he can change your life and he can change mine. He can change your neighbor's life. He can change that person's life who, honestly, you, you couldn't give a care. And you think, eh, if they were to die without Christ, they might, maybe they deserve it. They don't deserve it any more than you would or I would. And if Jesus can change the life of Paul, and if Jesus has patience with a man like Paul, Jesus has patience with your neighbor and those who are in, in your life who don't know Christ. I mean, if God wasn't patient, we wouldn't be here right now. It would have been over at the flood or even before that. God just would have been done with us. But he is incredibly patient. Think about your own life. Think about the lessons that you have learned over the years. Sometimes we get frustrated and impatient with people who are younger than us or who don't have the life experience that we have, and we need to remember that we were there at one time. If it's true that we are actually more mature in some way than that other person is. 
I mean, aren't you amazed and thankful for God's patience? Um, Phil Riken, in his book, Loving the Way Jesus Loves, gives this simple but marvelous illustration of patient love. It took place during a baseball game between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Washington Nationals during the 09 pennant race. Uh, there was a fan there. He was there with his young three-year-old daughter, Emily, and they were sitting up second level. There's a foul ball, and I, I don't know if you've ever gone to a baseball game in the hopes. I, every baseball game I go to, I take my glove. I don't care where I'm sitting. I take a glove because you never know when that fly ball or that foul ball is going to come your way and you're going to have an opportunity to catch it. Now, I haven't been to a lot of games, but over a dozen probably. I've never once even, even been near somebody that caught a foul ball. But in this case, during a pennant race, a foul ball comes up, he catches it, right? And he immediately turns and he hands it to his three-year-old daughter. And she immediately, before he could do anything, throws it back down to the field. <laughs> right? And in an incredible act of, of love and patience, he looks at her, and instead of being irritated, he just gives her a hug and goes on with the rest of the game. Oof, right? I mean, um, one of the things that you know that, that I've said, if you're, if you're a guest here today, um, uh, one of the things my dad was known for was his patience. And uh, we had an incident at our household here a, a month ago, and we were remodeling a room, and um, someone was pulling the lath and plaster off of the wall of the room, and there's, you know, there's... Uh, there's wood on the outside of the house, and so I, I gave them a bar, a tall bar, and said, you can use this to pry, you know, behind the uh, shiplap and the lath and plaster, and it'll come off. And, and I said, but this wall right here, between the bathroom and the bedroom, sheetrock on the other side, don't, don't use this on this wall. Yeah, you guessed it. Um, they used it on that wall because it came off so nice on the other walls and all it took was one of these and then there was this big gash on the other side of the bathroom wall, right? So what did I do? Um, I don't know if I was quite as patient as my dad always was or at least as patient as I remember my dad always being, but I didn't, I didn't get angry. I mean, I don't get mad over that kind of stuff. It's just... It, it, just, it just needs to be fixed. So I, I fixed it. It's fixed, finally. It's, uh, you, you can, in fact, you can't even tell what happened. And uh, uh, she told my wife, she said, after, after I did this, I kept, I kept thinking about how Grandpa always responded to Dad. <laughs> right? You, we, we have those times where we, we really need somebody else to be as patient with us as we would hope, or where we need to be as patient with other people as we would want or hope them to be patient with us. Uh, we need to remember that. Um, and that's the way that God loves us. So, so you think about that baseball story, and he put the ball in her hand, and she threw it away. Um, really, that's the way that God loves us. He puts gifts in our hands that we could never catch for ourselves. They are gifts from him. 
He gives them to us, and sometimes we throw them back or we throw them away. And uh, I think rather than getting irritated with us, God continues to be patient with us and continues to work with us. Um, Now, I, I would not suggest that we try his patience, um, but God, God just continues, as we see in Scripture over and over and over and over again, being patient with, with us as individuals. Um, God is patient with humanity as a whole. He's patient with us as individuals on an individual basis. And fortunately, he includes in this patience the ability for us to be patient. That's the gift. Um, we need empowerment. We can't do this on our own. Um, The Holy Spirit works in our lives to grow in this area. He provides the power for us to have healthy attitudes. And and we need that power because it is hard to be patient. You you know as well as I do, if if you want to be tested in your patience, go shop at Walmart. Seriously, that... It, it, it can be so frustrating. And, right, and now it's not even like you, it, it's, it's like they've concluded, we know that people lack patience, and, and we know that they don't like waiting in line for a checker, so we'll hire less checkers and let them do the work. And what do we do? We do the work. We check ourselves out. Why? Because we don't want to wait. See, it's our own fault. If we would just all refuse to go through the self-check lines, they would have to hire more checkers. But we're not that patient. We're not that patient. Uh, look at Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. God is saying, look, these, these are given to you through the Spirit. This empowerment comes from the Holy Spirit. It's not, it's not the fruit of David. It's not the fruit of Manon or anybody. Um, insert your own name. It's not the fruit of you. It's the fruit of the Spirit that is worked out in us, that is empowered by God for us to act on a daily basis. As Christians, we don't get to use the excuse, well, I'm just an impatient person. That's who I am. We don't get to play that card. When you play that card, you end up doing things like writing letters of apology and things like that. Right? I mean... How many times have you looked at another person where they just lost their patience and you think, wow, I don't want to be like that? But how many of us have at times lost our patience and had other people think the same thing about us? But, but here's the beauty of this. We can live life with patience. And just like many of the ways I react to life, I have learned from my father, my earthly father, um, we learn so much more from our heavenly father. 
reading his word and praying his word and living it out on a daily basis. And, I mean, isn't this just great news? This should be great news to you. If you were impatient this morning when you were getting your kids ready for school, or if you were impatient this morning with your spouse, or, or something happened this week at work, and it just, it's just, you're like, man, why? why? Why do I always act that way? Why did I respond in that way? How come I can't overcome that? You need to hear today that it is possible. You need not live defeated if you struggle with patience. This is encouraging news. God is patient with us. I am so glad that he is patient with me. And it takes time for us to grow out of our stubbornness and our selfishness and our pride. It takes time for us to grow out of our impatience. But we need to be willing to grow. We need to be willing to submit ourselves, not make excuses and say, oh, that's, you know, I am how I am. We... That cannot be us. Right? The trouble is that I'm in a hurry, but God isn't. God is patient. So what does that mean for us? Right? Um, What about our patience? What about your patience? It, It means that we need to take a step back, we need to all take a deep breath, and we need to do some real soul searching when it comes to our attitude and our everyday responses to things that are stressful, to things that don't go our way. Again, focusing on Galatians 5, 22 and 23, we re- need to remember that the potential for us to step out of our natural tendency of impatience into the realm of patience comes from the Holy Spirit. And, and we need to call on Him on a daily basis to empower us with the ability to be patient in those situations that He is putting us or allowing us to be in. So we learn to have patience. We need to learn to have patience with God. whether it's concerning his return to the earth or what we are trusting him for in our lives, right? Uh, James 5, 7, it's your memory verse this week. Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. I mean, that's a great word picture, right? There isn't a farmer on the planet that that, that can make a, a seed grow faster. Can't do it. There isn't anything that he or she can do to make it rain. Nothing. Nothing. So it boils down to this. The farmer can wait for that seed to grow and for it to rain patiently and trusting that God's going to take care of it. Or that farmer can go to the field and dig up a seed and look at it and put it back and he can go over there and he can dig up another seed a day later, uh, I've been there. I've done that, right? Um, we've all done that. Dig down, see if it's sprouted. Um, you know, whistle a tune. Uh, you know, wait impatiently, worry, stress, get ulcers because it's not coming up or we're not getting rain when we need to. And what do we have to show for it? Either of those two options, either of those two responses, the end result is going to be exactly the same. 
Just where are you in the midst of that situation? There are things that happen in your life and in my life that are out of, completely out of our control. And no amount of worry or anxiety over that thing is going to change it. Period. I had a conversation with a college student this week. Actually, the same college student that put that big gash in our bathroom wall. But I'm not going to say her name. <laughs> um, anyway, she had, she had, she's applied to three universities for a, a master's program. And there's one of them that she really feels like God is calling her to go to. And um, she, uh, you know, it's one of those things where a multiplicity of coincidences occurred to lead her to this university. And so she's applied, and, and, and there got some letter that said something about our FAFSA wasn't properly done, or there was missing information. And, and so she immediately started thinking, well, well is this going to affect me getting me getting accepted, and there's all of this worry and concern that, that I'm hearing. And I mean, the bottom line is that the text message I sent her, I don't remember what day it was, Wednesday or Thursday, was, look, you, if you believe God is leading you to this place, don't you think that you can trust him to, to, to figure out the details with a FAFSA and with getting accepted to this school, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I know that's easy to say and harder to live, but man, I've been there so many times. So many times. And you can't, you can't change it. It is completely out of your hands. You've done the work of applying. You've done everything that is required of you. It is completely in God's hands and the universe. And maybe that particular university is not what God wants you to have to go. Um, I, I, I read or heard a pastor two weeks ago when we were in California. He said that uh, um, and now I can't remember. Wow. Sorry. Sorry to throw that up there and then take it right back, but... Uh, Here's the thing. If, if God doesn't want this door to open, he's not going to open it. And we need to be patient with God in those things. See, God's ways are not our ways. So many times we just, we just simply need to wait. We need to wait and trust. It's hard to do, I know, when we, bought our, when we put the first offer down on our house, oh man, the anxiety, and are they going to accept it, and, and, and we really want this house, etc., etc. Did any of that worry or concern change the outcome? No. When, when I adopted my oldest daughter, th there was this paper that needed to be signed, and it wasn't getting signed, and it wasn't getting signed, and it wasn't getting signed, and there's this anxiety and this worry, and I'm thinking, how is this going to affect the rest of my life? And I mean, did that change the outcome at all? No. It would have been so less stressful if I would have just said, you know, God, this is in your hands. I know you're capable. If you want this to happen, you're going to work the details out. You know what? He did. It did happen. In, in a miraculous way. Just not in my timing. In his timing. We need to trust him. 
We need to remember that anxiousness or worrying doesn't add another day to our lives. In fact, it just makes the present day miserable. I mean, today has enough trouble of its own, right? That is actually a a verse that my daughter told me about after I sent the message about anxiety. It's like, we know the answers. We know the answers. Just, Holy Spirit, empower me to, to live this out every day. So we practice the attitude of patience with God, and another area that requires an attitude of patience is with one another. Right? Patience with one another. Huge category. We could spend the majority of our life, we spend the majority of our lifetime with each other. So hundreds and thousands of experiences. And every experience requires a certain amount of patience. So how are we going to respond to one another? A pilot was once asked, what is the key to getting a smooth landing? And the pilot answered, it's having the right attitude despite the atmospheric conditions. And this guy who who heard this said, no, no, you mean altitude, right? And he's like, no, no. I mean attitude. You see, when it comes to an airplane, it, it's, it's known to have different attitudes. And, and some of that attitude, there should be a slide coming up here, some of that attitude, no, not that one, yes, that one. The attitude of an airplane has to do with its pitch up or down and also its bank, right or left. And if you mess those up on a landing, it might not go so well. If you land on the front wheel, it's not going to go so well. If a gust of wind comes up and you're not ready for it and you don't know how to properly um, attend to it, it might, I mean, just, just search plane crashes. I mean, honestly, you can see a lot of goofy stuff on YouTube when it comes to landing especially general aviation aircraft, um, it's like, well, he should have done this or he should have done that. It is the attitude. And, and when I hear that illustration, I think, you know, in regards to Wyoming, we have so much control over our atmospheric conditions, right? None. None. It's the same way in your life and in mine. For the majority of time, how other people act or respond to us or whatever That's out of our control. And the question is, am I going to have the right attitude in this situation? And patience is one of those attitudes that we need. Colossians 1, 11 and 12, Paul writes, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and what? Patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. When we get up in the morning and we ask God to work in different areas of our lives, we need to remind ourselves that the power, in, the power to have the right attitude of endurance and patience comes from the Holy Spirit. And that it can actually begin to happen with an attitude of joy. In this situation, our Heavenly Father is powerful enough to save us from our sin and grant us the kingdom of light as an inheritance. 
He can also provide us the power that we can live our lives daily with a foundation of patience. And it reduces the amount of stress and anxiety in our lives. I mean, do you, do you remember the old days when you had to wait? Now, some of you probably don't. If you're older than me, you remember this. If you're younger than me, probably not. I ordered one of these. Um, I ordered one of these. It's a, it's a yeah, that. It looked exactly like that. I filled out an order form from the JCPenney catalog. I wrote a check. It's a little piece of paper that you put an amount on. And I put it in the mail. I put a stamp on it. I put it in the mailbox at the end of the road. The next day, the postman, or the, our mail carrier came and got that letter. I'm guessing three, four, five days later, it probably showed up at JCPenney. And I'm telling you, from two or three days after I mailed that letter, every day I ran to the mailbox to see if it was in there. Every day. Wasn't there. Ah. Wasn't there. Ah. When is it going to come? I think it took three weeks. Right? You laugh. Nobody waits three weeks for anything anymore. That was hard being patient to wait for that. And then after it came, of course we didn't have batteries for it. <laughs> so then I was stuck playing it at home, you know, recording, recording my favorite songs off the radio. But then when I got those batteries, then I started playing it on the bus. Wow, that was fun. Everybody could hear it, right? I mean, seriously. We just chuckle at that. Now, it looked exactly like that. Every once in a while, my family will hear me sing a few bars from the old-time music machine. See, there was this snail, and he was always in everybody's way. He was going slow, and he was, he'd be tripping up the ants, and he'd be getting in their way. And, and his, song, his song, this music machine song, was always, and it was sung by the, the snail himself. And he would, he would sing, Have patience, have patience, don't be in such a hurry. When you get impatient, you only start to worry. Remember, remember that God is patient too. And think about the times when others have to wait for you. Right? Okay. Um, just like a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah, well, just a couple weeks ago, I, I, I started singing that song because my wife and I were talking about something and it was a, a, a patience thing and, and uh, it just comes to my mind. So there was this, Kevin walked into a doctor's office and the reception asked him what he had. Kevin said shingles. So she wrote down his name, address, medical insurance number and told him to have a seat. Fifteen minutes later, a nurse's aide came out and asked Kevin what he had. Kevin said shingles. So she wrote down his height, weight, complete medical history and told Kevin to wait in the examining room. An hour later, a nurse came in and asked Kevin what he had. Kevin said shingles. So the nurse gave him a blood test, a, a blood pressure test, an electrocardiogram, and told Kevin to take off all his clothes and wait for the doctor. An hour later, this actually is sometimes what it's like, right? An hour later, the doctor came in and found Kevin sitting patiently in his birthday suit and asked what he had. He said shingles. The doctor said, where? Kevin said, outside in the truck. Where do you want me to unload them? <laughs> 
<laughs> now that was a man with patience. <clears throat> so Colossians 3, 12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Whether it's our response to situations outside of our control, atmospheric kind of situations, or relationships with family and friends, including boyfriends and girlfriends and husbands and wives, or the want to have a husband and a wife, the more we remember that life is more like a marathon than a sprint, the better off we're going to be. Especially when it comes to patience. So let's put on patience. Patience is a foundational and healthy attitude key for our hectic life. Patience with God in waiting for his return, in waiting for his movement in our life, in, in helping us uh, get direction in our life and what we're to do with the rest of our life. Patience with God, with one another, that applies to practically everything we do, and then finally there's patience in Christ. And at this point, it's in reference, and this point is in reference to our witness and our testimony to our friends and our neighbors. See, this is what, G, uh, this is what Paul says in, to, to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4.2. Paul says, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. No matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, we need to be ready for the opportunity that God will present to us to share the truth that Jesus Christ came as a man, lived the perfect life, surrendered himself to death on a cross, spent three days in the grave, and on that third day, rose to life is ascended at the right hand of the Father. And as the Bible tells us, if we believe with our hearts and confess with our mouth that He is Lord, we will be saved. That God says that we are to love one another and to love Him. It's that simple. We don't have to. God will work through those words. And we need to be patient with those who don't believe the same as we do. We need to be patient with those who, who don't behave the same way as we do. We need to be patient with those who value things differently than we do. That is a part of preaching the word with great patience and careful instruction. So God provides. God provided the payment. God provides the gift. And the question is, First of all, are, have you received it? Have you yourself put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior? And second, as a Christ follower, have you seized the opportunity that God has put before you to share that life-giving, eternal message with someone in your life? And sometimes our lack of patience just might remove our ability in sharing that with someone 
but it can also empower that. As the worship team comes up, uh, would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you are patient with us. Oh, Father, I pray that you would help us to have the same heart and mind when it comes to your to your desire that no one would perish. Help us to be to be patient on a on a humanity global scale and Lord I pray that you would help each one of us to be patient even even maybe yet today as we go to a restaurant or as we uh, uh, hang out with our family or our children or our our spouse, or, or whatever it is, Father, I pray that you would help us to, to trust you and to be patient in those situations. Father, I know there's, there's young adults, there's college students who are listening, there's, there's high school seniors who are wondering, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? And oh my goodness, I don't know what I'm going to do. Lord, I pray that you would help them in your spirit to be able to just trust you to take steps of, of moving forward, but as they do, that they would trust that you're going to guide those steps, that you're going to, that you're going to give them the direction, that you're, going to, that you're going to give acceptance and confirmation. Help us, Lord, to trust you each day. In Jesus' name, amen. It's time to the ushers come from the morning offering. Let's stand. Worship our God that we know that we can trust and will give us patience.